Front Porch Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode number 94. Uh, I hope all of you are having a fantastic day wherever you find yourself. I hope you're doing well uh, during this pandemic period of time. I don't know about you, but it seems like everywhere you go, we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast, but like wherever you go, it seems like every conversation leans into that or some form of that or politics or race or, you know, sex trafficking right now. Like so, you know, so many things that are creating immense amount of division uh, in our world. And, and, and I don't know about you, but at some point I'm just like, man, I just need a minute. Like, so when I go surf, uh, I, that really for me is a time get in the ocean, dip my feet in there and just kind of detach for a second. Not that I want to check out a reality, but I just need a break. You know, a lot of times as I'm coming out here on the front porch, that's what's going on. I just, I need a minute. I need a break because it feels like everything is pointing in that direction. All the messages that we are receiving are are like negative and hard and horrible. And it's like sometimes out here on the front porch when I watch these birds or I just see the wind blowing the leaves or if I'm I mean, literally uh, yesterday I went surfing and I was 10 feet from a dolphin. And it just simplified things for a second. It just went, that is so beautiful, so amazing. Uh, So in the mix of this complex time, there are very simple truths, very simple, beautiful things that are reminding us that God has not abandoned us. He sees us. He is here. He is near. And maybe, maybe that's just what you needed to hear this morning or this afternoon or this night uh, as you head in to whatever part of the day that you're in that everything is good because God is good. It doesn't mean good means that it's easy. It doesn't mean that it, it doesn't cause struggle or hardship. It simply is a reality check that when God is in control, we can truly take a breath and slow down for a second and go, it's okay. You got this. You got this. You've never promised me that life wouldn't be that, that life wouldn't be hard. Like he never promised. In fact, he actually says in this world, you'll suffer. So he actually promises this type of period of time that we're going through, but he wants to remind us he's our comfort. He is our guide. So wherever you are, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that you are resting in that and taking comfort in him. I, I want to say to those of you who are, are listening right now, thank you. And those of who have subscribed and continue to share these episodes, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. I continue to get really awesome feedback from some of you. So thank you so much. And then for those of you who are donating on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash front porch confessional. Thank you so much. You are what able are what makes this podcast possible. You allow me to continue to do this and move forward on some other really creative fun things I've gotten in store. So I just want to say thank you. All right. Our passage for today. It's a doozy. It's such a good passage. I'm so excited. First Corinthians 15, 55. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? I, I, uh, 
maybe six years ago, seven years ago, I started hanging out with this man. He was an Episcopal priest. His name was Channing Johnson. And I got a call. Um, uh, we were in the hospital with my son, uh, my son who had leukemia when he was eight years old. So I was, in, I was in between going in and out of the hospital and kind of dealing with all that craziness. And and I got I got a, uh, a voicemail that said, hey, there's this man, his name's Channing, he's 80 years old, uh, he's probably going to pass soon, and he's doing, uh, at the time I was running a non- my nonprofit, Phoenix One, which was really working to try to unify the church and really help um, young professionals, millennials, take the next step into their, in their faith journey and also reconnecting them back into the local church. And so this lady said, this is what he's doing. You need to, to meet with him before he passes away. So I'm like, absolutely want to meet this guy. So I meet with Channing, and, and Channing is a man who had melanoma cancer. So all, like ha- a part of his head was missing because they had to remove it. Uh, he's got Parkinson's, so he just shakes really hard. So I said, Channing, where would you like to meet? And he said, Olive Garden. And I thought that was appropriate. And so Channing and I and uh, met at Olive Garden. Eventually, he would bring, he'd start bringing his wife, Joyce. Um, and we just talked life. We talked ministry. We talked unity. We talked about his great love for that generation, the young generation, how he believed so deeply that you know, in the church that we've essentially kind of disappointed and let them down and not have championed to be the people who God has uh, called them to be. And so in that process, you know, Channing was kind of on death's doorstep every day was kind of that deal. And I asked him one day, I asked him a simple question. Do you ever think about dying and how you'll die? And do you worry about that? Do you have fear? And he, he kind of paused. He would always do this. He paused. He kind of look up to the right. And he says, I don't know if I have. I don't know if I really thought about dying. He says, but I think I probably should start thinking about that because I want to do it really well. And I remember that just kind of took me back. I was like, I, I just was unexpected. You know, most people are like, no, I've thought about it. It terrifies me. I can't imagine it. Here's a man who has literally lived and sacrificed his life. And he's like, and he's, you know, melanoma cancer and Parkinson's and these things that are, seem to be robbing his life. And he's like, no, I, I've just been living life for the Lord. I'm not sure I really thought too much about that, but I probably should because I know my days are coming and I want to do that well. And that was such a convicting thing for me. Uh, Channing died a few years ago and I know he did that really well. And his life was an example of a man that did not fear death, who really believed that Jesus was who he says he was and he was going to do what he's going to say, says that he was going to do. That he literally, in Channing's mind and Channing's reality, was like resurrection has always been a part of my story. I am not defined by these flesh and bones. (laughs) And so when I die, I want to do it well to, to be a gospel presentation to the people around me in the way that I pass from this life into the hands and the graces of God. And it was so convicting for me. And this is what Paul's trying to help us understand. My question is, what would it look like? If we actually live like this way, I lived life this way, I think it would look a lot like Channing. But this is the way of the cross. This is the way of life. Not just I'm breathing in my lungs and I have a heart that's beating, but real life that so many people, so many of you are missing out on. And it's what Channing, his lifelong example to me is that. He did not fear death, and he captured the essence of what it meant to live in this life. You know, Pastor Paul 
Paul is writing this to the church of Corinth and encouraging them and strengthening them in the midst of persecution. He is trying to shift our thinking away from this world, from the what this world values. Not that we got to escape out of here. I'm not saying that, but from the things that we lock our minds around, the things that we fear and worry about. And he's trying to help us focus them on Jesus who resurrected and defeated death. Jesus, the sinless son of God, died on Good Friday and defeated death on Easter. The essence of the gospel is that we experience this same death and resurrection in salvation. When you made a decision to follow Jesus, to commit your life to him, you truly brought life into your life. You really started living. Yes, we have these flesh and bones. Yes, we have a heart that beats. Yes, we have air in our lungs and synapses in our brain that are firing and dictating the way in which we operate day in and day out. But that is one part of you. There is this resurrected life that you've been given in Jesus Christ that death does not define you. This passage mocks the things, the thing that most humans are terrified of. If I listen to people over the last, you know, 20 plus years of being a pastor, they're fearful of death. They think about how they would die. They think about kind of in, in the, the worries about what comes next Paul knows this. Paul is sensing this from this early church that's being persecuted. And this is in the early days of the Jesus people, the people of the way who have said, I'm not following the patterns of this world. I am being transformed by the renewing of my mind and I'm moving forward into this gospel Jesus life that he's calling into, calling me into. But as a result of that, I'm experiencing persecution and the statement that Paul's making about death, not having a victory over our lives is a declaration of victory that in Christ, we have life that death no longer defines you and me life does. So maybe right there, wherever you're at, Uh, Put your hand wherever on your heart and just go, I'm a person of life. I'm filled with resurrection life. Death doesn't define me. And I think it's so appropriate in this period of time where it seems like that's all we hear about. We see an explosion that happens in Beirut. We, we hear of a pandemic wiping out hundreds of thousands of people or hard thousands of people. I don't know what the count is yet. And we just think death and we think horrifying things. And it, it is tragic from a human point of view. But as we are in Christ, we are not defined by death. This is what Paul is trying to reassure this young church Don't be so overwhelmed by the things of this world 
these, this air in your lungs, this heart that breathes. Yes, it is a part of who you are, but it's not truly who you are. You are not just flesh and bones, as I said earlier. You are spirit and soul. That, that God breathed, he breathed into us who we are. And we have life when we truly believe that he is who he says he is and that he died on the cross, that in our place, that we were sinners that were lost and he saved and he rescued us. And when we believe that his grace and his mercies cover our sins and we are made right and holy before God Almighty, which means this, that one day we will stand before the most high God alive as a result of what Jesus did. Now, listen, I don't want to downplay death in the fact that it's not scary and it's not hard. But so much of our lives are obsessed with preventing the inevitable. And I'm not saying be irresponsible. I'm not saying any of that. Instead of focusing on worship, worshiping that God made a way through his son Jesus for us to really be alive. We are not defined by death in this life because we are the people of resurrection. So how does this define or how does this change the way we live our lives? Here's what I think. That we become a fearless people pursuing after the heart of God. We redirect all our fears away from dying and we direct them towards worshiping God Almighty and He will direct our steps and He will guide our path and He will lead us into His presence when He wants to. And that is a beautiful gift. We become an unstoppable force in this world we are resurrected lives as a result of what Jesus did. And I don't know about you, but there's passages like this that awaken my soul. I don't know if you can feel the passion in my voice. I believe this. Do you believe this? I believe this truth. I've gone through really dark days. I've seen death. I've actually been with people when they've passed from this life into resurrected life faithful saints who have committed their life to Jesus and they die and they move. And it doesn't mean there's not grief. It doesn't mean there's not pain. But for these people, they move in to the presence of God Almighty, the family of God, and they are at peace with the one who brought them into this world and then allowed them to leave this world but he has never forsaken them. He has never left or forsaken them. So when death no longer defines us, we become a life-giving force wherever we go. That's powerful. So the question I have is this. If death no longer defines you, how could you live and how will you live different in this world? Heavenly Father, Thank you for opening the doors to heaven to us. Teach us to live life for you and your glory. So take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe 
is near to you in your own heartbeat. Until next time, cheers.